Hey, what's up? Welcome back to the show. Today's guest is hypnotherapist Dr. David James, and we talk creating powerful change through hypnosis. Coming live from the Fly Studio in Commerce Township, it's the Fulfilling Life's Yearnings Podcast! And I'm your host, Blake Giovanni Thomas Soule. And if you're ready to be your best by writing the script of your life to whatever you want it to be, and taking action on your dreams, then this is the podcast for you. It's time to enter the fly zone. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's the fly host you love the most, and I'm back with another episode of Fulfilling Life's Yearnings. I go by the name of Blake Soule, and I have another special guest for you today who go who is Dr. David James. And Doctor, how are you doing today? And thank you for being on. Well, first of all, thank you for having me, and I'm doing wonderfully. It's a it's a great time to be here. Absolutely. So I appreciate that. Um, just just for starters, um, as we take off here, can you, you know, talk about your background and uh, who you are and what you do? Well, my background is somewhat varied, um, and it's kind of amazing that I've gotten to the place that I have in life. But that's how it often is. I started out as a police officer. Okay. And I worked in the Los Angeles area for almost 20 years doing that. And then I went off and got involved in ministry with the church and did that for a number of years. And then I got my doctorate in clinical psychology and started doing traditional counseling and drug and alcohol rehab work. Mm. And then finally, um, was turned on to the wonders of hypnosis and hypnotherapy and got certified in that and have been flying high with that ever since. Awesome. So... That is a very, very uh, varied background that you have there. And, and for starters, just because I'm always curious about, you know, why, why others get into the things that they do, what, what preempted those, those switches for you, you know, starting off as a police officer and then getting into seminary and then now um, uh, being as a psychotherapist? Well, I have... Um always been really close to uh, family connections Mm -hmm. and my father was a cop okay and so as I grew up I did the explorer scout thing and then went into the army and I was a military police officer there and so I did that and then was when I got out of that then I went into civilian law enforcement and rose my way through the ranks I was a patrol officer and then crime scene investigator and a field training officer and a detective and sergeant so I did all that but I always had this kind of spiritual yearning in my life. And um, I had grown up going to a parochial school where we had chapel every day as well as, you know, the regular academic stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and that was always kind of a part of my life, too. And so um, in my early 30s, I realized that this was a, this calling to something deeper than what I was doing was something I couldn't ignore anymore. So. Right. I took a, an early retirement from the police department and went to seminary and then um, worked in the church for a long time. One of the th- one of my roles in the church, as it turned out, I was doing a lot of counseling. People okay. coming to their pastor for trying to understand life and what's going on. And, right. and so I started doing some training in that regard and then finally went ahead and did formal training, got my doctorate in psychology. And then... Um, uh, from there, I just, I've just i always liked to learn. I've always liked to know new things. I've always liked 
to discover ways to make connections beyond kind of the, the immediate moment. Mm. And uh, hypnotherapy offered that possibility for me. And I saw just incredible transformations happening of people who are experiencing that. Okay. So I, I kind of, it's been kind of one opening after another, kind of a, a, a movement from one part to a deeper movement to a deeper movement to here. That's awesome. So it sounds, you know, just it sounds like you're open to being uh, to explore those those different paths or or doors that opened up when they presented themselves and just found that deeper meaning of, of what you wanted to do. So that's a uh, I think a, a good starting point where we talk about you know fulfilling life's yearnings and and in particular what what it is that I'm curious to learn from you is you know about you know how you help people connect with their best selves. Um, um, why is that a focus for you? And, and two, what, what does that mean? Well, to understand, oops, to understand how um, I work is, mm-hmm. to need, is to need to understand how the mind works. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, in our lives, we, we try to make changes, you know, sometimes very positive changes, like sometimes we want to stop smoking, sometimes we want to lose weight. Sometimes we want to pass that bar exam. Sometimes we want to be a better lover. Sometimes we want to do this, 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 and this. And we try and we try and we try and we keep hitting a wall. Right. And we can't get beyond that wall. Well, what we know now, and this is not just some fly-by-night theory, has been clinically proven in peer-reviewed studies that um, the subconscious mind is the powerful mind, Mm. part of our mind. The conscious mind itself is only 10% of our mind power, and yet... That's where our logic is, our reasoning, our decision-making, and our willpower resides. So we really have, in, in the Western world, been trained to live out of this 10% of our mind. Okay. But the reality is that what happens is that from the time we're born till about the time we're nine years old, we just, as kids, just start soaking up all these experiences and, and assigning meaning to them. And, and what happens is that um, as we... Um, uh, have the kind of personalized these experiences they they become part of what's called our life patterns or our life scripts okay and then they're reinforced as we go on in life and then from that point on they really dictate about 90 percent of our day it's kind of embarrassing when you think that 90 percent right. of all of our encounters come out of our subconscious mind wow mm-hmm. so um to help people be their best self you know, and, and for each person, you know, being their best self is going to be different. Mm-hmm. You know, for one person, being their best self is going to be, um, you know, might being a multimillionaire, you know, and living on a yacht or uh, whereas another person, their best self might be to be, you know, a, a passionate poet right. who writes poetry that only their friends see. Mm-hmm. So to help people find their best selves, we go into the subconscious mind where their emotions, where their mem- where all of their their deep patterns are, and we make the connections, and we kind of turn things off and turn things on, and reestablish patterns and 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 uh, release old patterns. And so it's from that point, through the power of the subconscious mind, that we make the the profound change. Okay, that's that's incredible for for, for a starting problem, uh, starting part with that that profound change and. And, and when you get to that point with a person and helping them, you know, I guess make that transformation, what, 
what are you know steps or or strategies that that you encourage them to use as they can you know get closer to you know that sense of calling or purpose that they might be trying to pursue? Well, the first thing, and and your point is very well taken, mm-hmm. is that until we know what our passion and purpose is, it's awfully hard to reach it. Mm. It's awfully hard to engage it. So. One of the conversations that we have very soon mm-hmm. in the office, very quickly on, is helping them do some simple values clarification, helping them understand, you know, that somebody may come and say, well, I want, you know, $5 million by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I had one person say that to me. And I said, okay, why? And he looked at me kind of like, well, I want $5 million. I said, well, okay, what will 5 million slips of paper do for you? Right. And what he wanted was freedom. He didn't want to work a nine-to-five. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be creative. He wanted to be um, passionate. He wanted to live a, a dream. And so when we got to that point, he, all the lights started coming on right. for him. When he realized that, that the $5 million bills are a symbol of his dream that he wanted. And okay. so, yeah, so the first thing we try to help him understand is what they really want. Because... Um, Again, change comes to the subconscious, and the subconscious is where the deep knowing is. So, you know, if in our conscious mind, in that 10% mind, we say, oh, I want to be a millionaire. Mm-hmm. But the subconscious mind has the voice of a parent who grew up in the Depression saying, money doesn't grow on trees, don't waste money. Mm. Then there's going to be a block to that manifestation in their life. You know, right. I mean, that's one of the things that we've come to learn and appreciate so much about the law of attraction. Okay. Is that, you know, we change our vibration and then we attract not what we want, but then who we are. So helping the client first and foremost understand what they want to do, what their primary passion, what their purpose is. And then it's a matter of developing strategies, implanting suggestions in the subconscious mind to support those strategies, and then uh, establishing an accountability kind of network to help them move forward. Okay. So I, I am fascinated about, you know, the, 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 the workings or the ideology of, of you know, the, the, the therapy, the psychotherapy and and. Are you sitting down with someone and and getting them relaxed and getting them in, into a sort of state where where their subconscious is is susceptible to what what it is that they want to bring out of themselves? What does that look like? Yeah, Blake. First of all, it's not psychotherapy. Okay. I want to be very clear. Mm-hmm. It's hypnotherapy. hypnotherapy and there's a, distinct, me. There's a mm-hmm. distinct difference. Yeah, uh, that that is is important to make. You know, psychotherapy. Is is very and I've been trained in psychotherapy and I've okay. done it for years. So, but really is about trying to correct problems. Okay, you know, uh, trying to realign mental energies to their most optimum. Hypnotherapy is about creating new possibilities mm-hmm. and coming from a strength not of from a disease model like so much of psychotherapy is, mm-hmm. but coming from a strength that you already know in your subconscious mind. What you know, you already have the resources and the possibilities and the passions that you need, and our job is to is to is to bring those to the forefront. Okay. So so that's kind of the the first step. But uh, we do that by uh, it, it's a very clinical setting, at least for me. Mm-hmm. I have two offices. I have one in the San Fernando Valley of Los Angeles, and one in Hollywood, right by the Hollywood Bowl. Okay. And um, in in both settings, um, 
uh, people come into the office or into the hypnosis space and we have a cognitive interview. To, you know, we kind of try to get to know what the issues are and what the struggles are, at least as they think they are. Right. Uh, then we do some testing. And by testing, I don't mean written tests. I mean just mm -hmm. suggestibility tests using hands and eyes and seeing how well somebody's suggestible because we know that everybody that wants to be hypnotized can be. That's always a question people okay. ask. Can I be hypnotized? I said, absolutely. Right. And if you want to be. And then the second question people always ask is, will you make me quack like a duck? <laughs> and I said, only if you want to. Because, <laughs> you know, we've seen all those stage shows in Las Vegas and television. Right, absolutely. Yeah. But um, we do some very basic testing to understand how people process information. You know, left-brain people are... are it's a metaphor, but left-brain people are more analytical and oriented towards living out of their thoughts and decisions, whereas right-brain people are more oriented to living out of feelings and their body. And, and both people um, can be hypnotized, but we have to get them into trance in a different route based right. on their, their set. So what we do is we find out what that is, like I said, through these simple tests, and then we uh, put them in the chair. Mm -hmm. Easy chair, and um, off we go, and we put them in, into trance state. You know, hypnosis is is, nat is a naturally occurring phenomenon; it happens all day long. Mm. Um, you know, people think that it's some really freaky altered state, and it can be mm -hmm. when you get deep. But you know, if you go to the the theater to see your movie, your favorite movie, and you're sitting in a chair. And there's a hundred other people around you, and you've, you've all got your soda and your popcorn, and you're looking at a huge white screen in front of you. Right. And you're just very aware of that. Well, then all of a sudden, the lights dim, movie starts, and then in 10 minutes, you have forgotten about everybody else around you. Yeah. You've forgotten you're sitting in a chair. You are laughing. You are crying. You're aroused. You're furious. You are absorbed in that moment, and that's hypnosis. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and the same thing when you're driving to work or driving to school or driving home. And you pull up to your destination, you turn the car off, and you go, oh, my gosh, you haven't been paying attention for the last two red lights or lane changes, and yet somehow you got home. Again, that's it. that's, it's like the hypnotic state. So hypnosis is a very normal and natural thing, and we can uh, access it, and that's my job is to help you access that state. Mm -hmm. To make the change you want, but it's nothing to be afraid of. So the first session is always about dispelling myths a little bit and helping people understand how powerful it can be. Then putting them in the in the hypnotic state and experiencing it, and then we go from there. Okay. Now, when you're when you're helping people, or or, or guiding them to to that to that best self that they want to connect with, can you talk about? Are are they coming into you as as a as a last resort? Are, or what does that look like for? And I know everyone's different, but for the typical client that you might see, you know, what are they going through that preempts them to to come in? I I think Blake, you're right that um, hypnosis is becoming more and more understood mm -hmm. as an as a viable alternative for personal change. But typically, people come to us when other things haven't worked. Okay. You know, for example, the number one reason that people come to hypnotherapists in the United States of America is to stop smoking. Okay. And, you know, it's, it's, and there's no wonder. It's a powerful 
condition, being addicted to, to tobacco. Mm-hmm. You know, you can go to a Narcotics Anonymous meeting and people are there who have kicked alcohol and meth and molly and heroin. And then the break time, everybody's outside smoking yeah. cigarettes, you know. <laughs> um, it's just a powerful, powerful hook. And, and so people come for that. And, you know, it's usually because they've had three months, three years, 30 years of saying, you know, tomorrow, when I wake up tomorrow, I'm going to quit smoking. Mm-hmm. And then when they wake up in the morning, they go, oh, boy, well, maybe just one cigarette. And then tomorrow, I'll quit smoking because this resistance has come up. So um, it's interesting. I have kind of two branches of my work okay. and uh, as it just has turned out. And one of them is that I work with people with life-threatening and debilitating illness. I work with people with MS and ALS and cancer mm-hmm. and, and severe physical things. And we actually are seeing symptoms reverse. We're wow. seeing, I mean, there's clinical studies showing that bones heal faster when they're broken if the client uses hypnosis. We know that people can have dental surgery without medicine with hypnosis. We know that people can um, heal their asthma from irritable bowel syndrome if they cannot get an erection. I have a six-week restore your erection program for men who uh, need that. And talk about your best self there, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so I have that in, in, in the one office, I have people who have major clinical problems that, you know, they're, they're still seeing doctors, of course, because we're kind of a team effort. And then in my other practice, the Hollywood one, I work with people in the entertainment industry. And like I told you, that one story about the producer that complained to me, he says, I got the crummiest, that's not his word, but because we're on radio, says, I got the crummiest paycheck today, and I never want to let that happen again. Right. And, and what he told me was, is that uh, he's a music producer, and ASCAP pays royalties quarterly. And mm-hmm. so... I said, well, what'd your crummy check look like? And I figured, you know, five, eight, nine thousand dollars. She said it was only three hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> she said, I never want to do that again. I said, okay, mm-hmm. what does a good paycheck look like? And he said, three million. Okay. I said, okay, so here we go. And sure enough, next quarter, that's where he got. So um, yeah, people come answering your question back mm-hmm. to hypnosis because other things have not worked. Um, and so what we're doing so much with all my media work is trying to get the word out to your listeners and to all the radio and TV work that I do to tell people this is an alternative and powerful therapy that can serve you well right now Yes, rather than when all hope is lost, so to speak. Yeah. No, I I definitely appreciate you you sharing that because and what I like about, you know, what you do is that you're just allowing, as you said even earlier, that you're just allowing someone to embrace the possibility that that wasn't there before and, and, and just being able to connect with them on, on a deeper level to, as, as just to paraphrase what you were talking about, since we're already being hypnotized all the time anyways, mm-hmm. to actually be aware that that's occurring, <clears throat> excuse me, and then allow someone who who is trained or uh, to help us unleash that other part of our subconscious that wants us to be able to uh, make the best life, if you will. So that that that's awesome and that's uh, amazing that you're able to do that. Can you also touch on, uh, you know, you talk about uh, making lives up uh, the people's lives more effective and and happy. How do you go about doing that? Well, um, as I uh, suggested a minute ago, if you give a man an erection back, Mm -hmm. his life has suddenly gotten much happier, right? Right. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But it's not just men. I mean, you know, women have uh, 
matters of sexual dysfunction that, that play out in their, in their physiology mm-hmm. that hypnosis can help with. But even more than that, um, you know, we learn when we go into hypnosis kind of the overarching patterns about why people are stuck and how to get them free. An example, I had a man who was a client who is in the entertainment industry. And, you know, when you work with people, you, 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 you are really at their service. And mm-hmm. so I said to him, what would success in this industry look like to you? Mm-hmm. And to my other client, it was a $5 million paycheck. You know, to some clients, it is I want to be holding that Oscar. Well, for this man, his success was he knew he was going to make it when he saw his names rolling in the credits at the okay. beginning of the movie. So what we were going to do was put him into a hypnotic state and really implant that vision of his name in the credits so that it can over and over again be a feedback loop. Right. Well, as he started to feel that, because we really don't just work with the mind, we work with the body. You know, when I say, okay, now feel how good success feels in this moment. You know, where do you feel success? Is it your heart? You know, mm-hmm. one, one person that's in the biceps because they're a bodybuilder. And okay. so... You know, success for them is a good pump, you know. So I said, for for this guy, I said, feel success. Where's it coming from? How good is it? He started to smile. And then all of a sudden, he started to go into an epileptic seizure, or at least I thought. Um, And it turned out not to be. And again, I've been at this business for a while. So I said, okay, Michael, which of course was not his name. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, take some deeper breaths. Come back to my voice. Let's pay attention to your breathing in and out of your nose. Mm -hmm. And let's let's get some work done here. And um, then when we brought him back out, it turned out that he was um, raised by parents who were very uh, shame-based themselves. And and so the message that he got growing up, sometimes verbally, sometimes not so verbally, but was really strong and put into his subconscious was, don't do anything to embarrass his family. And they were a very religious, conservative religious family. And so the kind of work that he wanted to do in cinema and theater, uh, his subconscious mind thought was going to be an embarrassment to his family. So as he got Ooh. close, the subconscious mind engaged his neurology to shut it down. Wow. And this pattern. So we had to, we had to stop success and we had to get into this pattern and and begin to walk it back and to set it free and 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 once he saw it you know usually insights you know half the journey once he saw what it was Mm -hmm. then we were able to get back in but we had to do some some um not quite past uh some some age regression necessarily but we did have to do what we call timeline therapy where we had the adult him talk to the child him and Mm -hmm. give him permission to let some of this stuff go so like you said, it, it again, it's very dependent on the person, mm-hmm. but um, it really is kind of multimodality. It's a use of the con- the conscious and the unconscious, subconscious mind, and it's using all of our best uh, efforts to have this person have their best life. And so, like I said, because it's different for each person, the, the journey is going to be different, but that's kind of my overall goal is to take them into the subconscious mind, help them see where the blocks are. Uh, another person who uh, aced law school, A's, 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 uh, flunked the law exam, the bar exam, over and over. Uh, we had to get in and find out why that was. And it was just anxiety. And so we visualized, helped them visualize and imagine and implanted driving to the bar exam, sitting down, 
at the computer nowadays, you know, it's everything on the computer. Right. Uh, signing on with your password and answering, and he aced it. So, like you said, it really is kind of unique to the person, but nevertheless, uh, the commonalities, we, we, we establish trust, we go into the subconscious, we make the changes that we need there to see the results in life. Okay, that is that is very fascinating. So I, I wanted to uh, throw this question in there, just just to unpack a little bit more about, you know, hypnotherapy. Because when when I'm hearing you say, you know, you use a lot of helping implant that seed of of, of visualization and, mm-hmm. and and concentration and going over and over, you know, for example, taking that bar exam. Where where does the thought process come from for uh psych uh, excuse me uh hypnotherapy and and can you just touch a little bit about its history and and where it draws its its fundamental values from hypnosis um as a profession or a craft or an art as a science uh really developed in the late 1700s and early 1800s um there's a man named anton mesmer who believed that we all had uh, energy inside of us. He was not so far off as we understand quantum physics now, but in his time, he said we had this energy, this magnetic energy within us that he called, and this is where it came from, he he said it was called animal magnetism Hmm. because we're all animals, according to the doctor, and we had this magnetism. And he started by putting magnets on people's bodies. Okay. And then um, doing suggestions, and they were seeing changes. So then he thought, well, let me remove the magnets and then make the suggestions, and they were seeing the changes. But he kind of stayed in that model. Okay. But then, but then through in France, especially uh, through the late 1800s, early 1900s, uh, understood, of course, and Sigmund Freud and Carl Jung both used medical hypnosis. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, it's been in the last 45, 46, 47 years that it's really burst onto the scene uh, out of, outside of and exclusively. I mean, okay. like I said, we use medical in medicine all the time, but exclusively in, in kind of the personal development world. Got it. No, that, that's very fascinating to me because that just reminds me of, of, of when I'm, you know, I guess practicing my breathing techniques and, and I'm going through even what you speak about that, that, that visualization of, you know, how either want my day to go or different or even what my best day looks like. You know, I, mm-hmm. I practice that throughout, you know, in the morning when I wake up and just go through, go through this routine of, of putting myself in, I guess, a sort of state. Yeah. And, and, and touching on that, um, I wanted to move into, you know, after, you know, a, a, a client comes in and works with you, what, what do you have them do um, when they're not with you to continue, you know, uh, bringing out that best self? Um, I da- I record the session. Mm, okay. Either right there on their iPhone on a voice note, or on a little digital recorder, and then send it to them. Okay. And then um, they listen to that. They get they make the commitment. To take an hour a day, mm-hmm. actually it's, it's closer to about 40 minutes usually, but an hour a day to sit down, be still, and listen to this. Sometimes it's right before you drop off into sleep because the subconscious mind naturally opens up right before you go to bed anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a good time to plan your next day and visualize the next day. So when you wake up, you're already launched. But um, the commitment is to listen to the download. 
to practice self-hypnosis, which, which is what you're doing in the morning, is putting yourself into kind of a little hypnotic state to kind of arrange and order your day. And then um, sometimes I have them journal because sometimes people are writers and they like to journal. So, yeah. you know, the insights are and, – and dreams start becoming very real when people do hypnotic work. And so I have them write their dreams down and then we talk about that. They bring them to me and we talk about the dreams. Uh, or, you know, for example, um, let's say that somebody wanted to um, – an actor. Okay. Um, I have them, for example, one homework was to get in their car, have um, a script with them, because mm-hmm. you can buy scripts, and then drive down the 101 freeway, the Ventura freeway, into Los Angeles and get off in Burbank and go to the Burbank studios of Warner Brothers mm-hmm. and drive up to the front door or front gate. And then, of course, that's as far as you can get. Right. But in that minute, then, then stop and take a breath, visualize they're, be, they're allowed to go in because they're getting ready to shoot a movie. Right. And I have to do this every day for the week so that after a while, the, the subconscious mind knows, oh, this is the natural normal. Of course, this is where we're going. Ah, and that's where the confidence yeah. comes. So, yeah, there's, there's some homework to do with it. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I, and I love homework, too, because I felt as – it seems that homework gets that you know kind of that bad connotation that people don't want to take the, the necessary time to improve themselves or or it's like ah oh, it's too much work or whatever. But yeah, I like that you say say homework because even what I when I think of that I think of um like ex- almost like experiential learning. So you put that goal at the end and then you're just showing yourself that hey yeah like you said this is you're supposed to be here. You know it's it's not out of the ordinary for you to be having to drive over here for the example that you gave so yeah i think that's very powerful um that you do that and and other than you know the self-hypnosis um what what can one do you know if if they're not going in to see a hypnotherapist um or wherever they might be what is that one thing that you suggest uh just in passing or whenever you're talking about you know your craft I, I suggest that people learn how to meditate. Mm, okay. Um, because meditation opens up the mind as well mm-hmm. in powerful ways. Meditation, uh, there's a there's a institute up in Northern California called the Heart Math Institute. Okay. And uh, and they have shown that when you when your emotions are solid and stable and peaceful. That your that your brain releases fifteen hundred powerfully vital chemicals and hormones through your body. Wow! They also have shown, and this again through clinical studies. So mm-hmm. you know you, you may not like the study, but you can't dispute the finding mm-hmm. that when you have feelings of rage or anger or jealousy, the brain again is releasing fifteen hundred different stress chemicals: okay. yeah. cortisol, adrenaline. And the kinds of things that drag us down. Mm-hmm. So simply by learning to meditate and finding kind of a baseline where you just are peaceful and at ease, that opens up avenues of insight, but it actually makes your life qualitatively better. Again, they've done study after study to show how by establishing a peaceful baseline that the rest of your life opens up. Wow. That, that's powerful stuff there. And, and just talk about as well... What does that do for, you know, 
well-being does it does it help one you know i guess stay healthy or anything like that as well absolutely again these heart math studies that mm-hmm. uh, that, I, that i referred to they, they they showed that um 20 minutes of coherent meditation and, and by that i mean um meditations that are uh that a meditation practice where your heart is coherent in other words it's peaceful it's joyful it's grateful you know gratitude is the number one uh, way and I'll talk about this in a minute but gratitude is the number one way to to drive change in your life okay but but when you have these met, uh, going that they simply say by 20 minutes of that constant peaceful meditation you can undo 10 hours of stress in your life because stress releases cortisol and adrenaline and all these other kinds of very hurtful uh, things. Whereas uh, the, the natural high, you want to call it a natural high, that comes from good, consistent, peaceful meditation um, uh, reverses that. You know, there, I was listening to a talk by Dr. Deepak Chopra the other day. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, we now know that there are 15 biological markers of aging in our blood that we can test. Mm. And that all... All of them, they have been proven, can, you can reverse aging by 20 years now Wow! through nutrition and exercise and meditation. But meditation is a strong part of it because it keeps the whole system balanced and, and keeps the stress hormones and the fight or flight at bay. Wow, that's incredible. That is really yeah. incredible. And, and you were just also mentioning um, the other part as far as uh, meditation. Uh, I'm sorry, do you know what it was that you were going to start talking about there? Gratitude. Yes, gratitude. Gratitude, yeah. I um, became very aware of um, the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza. He's got a book called You Are the Placebo. Mm -hmm. And uh, he has study after study where people have spontaneously healed from cancer and MS. That's what kind of drove me into the work that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the things that they've discovered is that gratitude as well as being just a nice way to go through your day, gratitude releases a combination of brain hormones and chemicals that no other mental state ever releases. Wow. And that this then gives you the strength and the energy and the motivation and the passion and the power to move forward. And so um, you actually practice gratitude. Mm -hmm. You know, you sit down, kind of in whatever place that you feel comfortable and centered, um, or if you're a walker, you know, some people don't like to sit there. They're more movement-oriented, so they run or they walk or they hike. or but Whatever your place is, whatever your movement is, you actually begin to f- call to mind something that you're grateful for. Mm-hmm. And then you begin to feel gratitude for that. You know, um, I have a little seven-week-old granddaughter, okay. and she, she was over last night. Mm. And um, I was holding her and just filled with so much love. And all those chemicals are just coursing through my brain, from, from my brain through my body. Mm-hmm. Um, and so today, you know, I'm grateful for her. And even I talk about her just now with you, yeah. all those feelings come back, That's right? Awesome. right. Because, you know, our brain takes what we call an emotional snapshot. And so you have an experience. The brain goes, okay, this is this experience. We're going to record this experience, these feelings, mm-hmm. and then put it to the side. And then... You have another experience, and it's the same thing. Well, the brain, we, again, clinically we know now from neuro, neurobiology, the brain uses um, an economy of effort in everything it does. So um, the next time I see my granddaughter, I don't have to learn to relove her all over again. Okay. Because my brain's going to recall 
gorgeous baby girl. Mm-hmm. Smells like a baby. Sounds like a baby. Remember those feelings? It brings it up. Right. Well, if, if I do this over and over and over and over and over again with her, then the, these emotional snapshots become a pattern, habitual pattern of thought, which get which drop into the subconscious mind. And so I can drive down the freeway, and all I have to do is think of baby girl, and all of a sudden, whoosh, you know, mm-hmm. I have this experience. So it's the same thing with, with, with gratitude, is okay. that when you build gratitude, and, and not just the concept, you have to feel it in your heart, your heart or your heart center if you're into chakras, but you have to feel it and breathe it in and out. And so... You know, back to my $5 million a year guy, you know, mm-hmm. we, we visualized and imagined that he had an envelope in the mail from ASCAP and it had his name on it. And he was feeling so grateful because he knew there was a $5 million check inside and, and it felt great because he knew he was finally going to be able to buy his mom that house she needs. Mm-hmm. And open it up in, in the in trance, open it up and it's $3.2 million. And it, so that when he was tired, he could access that state again of gratitude and move him forward to do the work that got him that check. That's incredible. And when, when you're having someone, you know, practice that work, are, are there other, you know, physical triggers that you have them, you know, place around themselves? I know you mentioned, you know, the, the visualization, uh, the, the meditative state and, and gratitude. So you always have that, that positive snapshot, but are there also physical things that, that someone can, Put around them that you you know use as a way to place them in that in that uh, in that realm of you know fulfilling what it is that they want. Absolutely, you know neural neuro linguistic programming NLP okay. talks about anchors that um, that you bring a state up mm-hmm. and then you anchor the state simply by linking it to some physical touch. Okay. So um, you know somebody's feeling really. Um, afraid, mm-hmm. you know. That's kind of the, that's why they come to the office because they're afraid of their own shadow. They're afraid of their boss. They're afraid of their teacher. They're afraid of their husband. They're afraid of their wife. You get them into a, a state where they're bold and they're not afraid because okay. you can do that, you know. And then you have them. Oops, I can't do it. Touch their nose, mm-hmm. and you link the touch of the nose to the mental representation of strong and powerful and. And you do it again and again and again and again. And so next time they're afraid, they touch their nose like they got a scratch. And all of a sudden, boom, all those chemicals are released. They're back in their state again. So, I mean, yeah, you can use religious pictures, you know, icons or, you know, paintings or um, fragrances. But NLP says you can just simply by putting your hands together, you can launch a state if you've loaded it into the subconscious and and, and jump-started it. That's awesome to to know that as well. So yeah, I think those those are some great things to you know to take away. And and if you could, you know, if you will, leave a call of action. You know, we talked about hypnotherapy and and, and the positive things it can do for your life as far as bringing that happiness, effectiveness, and helping one connect with their best self. What would be that that takeaway or call the message you would leave? One of my most popular. Uh, sayings, mm-hmm. if you would, mottos that I put on Twitter, Twitter the other day that just went viral nice. is whatever the mind creates, it can recreate. Hmm. Whatever the mind creates, it can recreate. So if the mind created using all the influences of friends and family growing up, 
negative self-image, negative body talk, mm-hmm. uh, negative cash flow, that it's the mind that's created. It's not out there anywhere. It's within the mind. If the mind created it, we can recreate it mm. by using these techniques that are powerful, relatively simple, um, uh, and consistent in their application. So um, hypnotherapy is a powerful way to do that because okay. what the mind creates, it can recreate. And that's part of the fun of the journey is seeing those lights come on, seeing those connections be made, and seeing people start to realize their dreams. No, that, that is awesome. So I'm just going to repeat that because I love hearing that. What the mind creates, it can recreate. Absolutely. That, that's, that's awesome. And then finally, what I like to ask the guests when I have on is if it, in, in regarding uh, fulfilling life's yearnings, if, if you were to give a definition of that, you know, what would it be? Live your purpose and your passion. Live your purpose and your passion, simple and, and straight to the point. So thanks for sharing that, uh, uh, Dr. James. And, and what I want to give you the opportunity to do now as well, is there anywhere for us to you know, connect with you, you know, check out the, the works that you have going on, etc.? Yeah, my website is probably the easiest way. And it's one word, davidjameshypnosis.com. Okay. DavidJamesHypnosis.com. There I have uh, uh, descriptions of work I do. I have some other radio interviews in the media section, a talk I gave on television on the placebo effect and hypnosis, and ways for people to be in touch with me. Uh, I work with people all around the world I work through Skype. I, okay. I work with people. Currently, I have two clients in Manhattan and one in Dubai, one in Paris. And, of course, with the mess in Paris right now, we're all praying for them. Absolutely. Um, but you don't have to come to L.A., although it's a beautiful place to be this time of year to work with me. So if you want to do that, um, you can either fly me to you or we can do some work on Skype. Uh, but DavidJamesHypnosis.com is the easiest and most reliable way to get me in touch with you. That is awesome. Again, that was Dr. David James, a hypnotherapist and, and someone who can you know, really help you connect with that best self that you want to bring out. So Dr. James, I just appreciate you uh, coming on today and, and, and touching on your craft and passion and, and how it benefits others. Um, again, this is Blake Sule with Fulfilling Life's Yearnings and all the things that Dr. James shared today will be included in the show notes as a way for you to be able to go check out those things and also any sort of strategy or, or technique that Dr. James mentioned will also be included in the write-up for today's episode just so you can get an understanding of of what those things are and and how they can benefit you. So again, Dr. James, thank you for your time. It it was a blast having you on, and I look forward to checking out more of your works. Thank you. I enjoyed being here, and would love to do it again. So thanks again. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to Fulfilling Life's Yearnings. I want to know what your biggest takeaway is, so please head on over to fulfillinglifesyearnings.com today and click on the show notes link for today's episode, which is located on the homepage, and leave a comment. The show notes page is where you can find the resources mentioned during the show and will be very valuable for you on your own journey. To stay up to date about what's happening, please subscribe to my newsletter and subscribe to the show on iTunes. 
and while you're subscribing on iTunes, it would definitely mean a lot to me if you would leave a review to show future potential listeners of Fulfilling Life's Yearnings what you think as your voice helps them decide if Fulfilling Life's Yearnings is right for them. Now it's in your hands. Are you ready to fly? Until next episode, stay in the zone and make today a fly day by taking action on your dreams.